eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. What's going to happen tonight? What's going to happen? We're going to whoop their Have you gotten Rommel yet? Good morning. Afternoon, evening, brunch time, lunch time, Florida week time, college game day coming back to Knoxville for the first time in like six years time. A lot of pressure this week time. Florida's enough pressure on its own time, but when you when you when you're expected to beat them pretty handily, it's even more pressure time. But uh, as Josh Heupel said, that's why he came to Tennessee time, whatever time of day it is, boys and girls, it's the right time. For the Go Vols 24-7 podcast, Wes Rucker coming to you from Fort Rucker Studio here on a sunny, pleasant, warm uh, mid to late September afternoon here in God's Own Knoxville, Tennessee, Old North Knoxville, just a couple miles away from Neon Stadium, which will in about five days probably be one of the, the louder places on planet Earth as the 11th ranked undefeated Tennessee Volunteers host the 20th ranked Florida Gators, 3.30 p.m. Eastern on CBS, which is, of course, the greatest network that ever has or, or ever will exist. Uh, and I thank you for uh, saying that, Wes, because we, we need to say that. It's the best network that's ever existed, clearly. It's never done anything wrong, never had too many long commercial breaks. Everything's just perfect, perfect, perfect. Here to talk Tennessee and Florida, let's go to an undisclosed location and get to Patrick Brown. Let's go uh, to a place we have not named yet, uh, although one person decided that he was going to call it uh, Ben's Puberty Palace, which I think is pretty solid, um, but we probably will find something else. Fellas, how are we doing today? Wait, why, why did someone say it should be called that? I was I missed that part. Uh, because it was Ben's birthday, and I wished Ben like a happy 13th or 14th birthday and asked him whether he wanted, if he got the crayons and pony he wanted. And then someone said that his podcast location should be Ben's Puberty Palace. Okay, makes sense. You explained it to me like I was five, and I understand. Thank you. There you go. How are we I, doing? I, I, yeah, I don't, I don't, I'm not going for that. I, I, I don't know that the Puberty Palace, I'm not all for, or I'm not against uh, some, some references and jokes about me being a, a kid. But the Puberty Palace, I, I don't know. I think I'm going to have to put my, my foot down. Although I will say uh, Patrick's title, name for his what you call it, the undisclosed location? Yeah. I mean, it, it could not be more accurate today as he looks like he is yeah. beneath a rock and just like <laughs> in a hole and just hiding out from the world. Yeah, I don't know why my office in my house, if I live in a house. If it's a house. Say, it could be a house. It could be an apartment. Um, it could be it whatever. It has just one. It has a door, but also has a window. Like there are a lot of windows just on the other side of this wall where the door is, but there's just one kind of smaller window uh in the office and it's kind of cloudy at the moment so that's why it looks like i'm in some sort of dungeon or whatever it is i was actually wondering that same thing as we were starting up then i was like why does it look like i'm in like a dark hole it's you know the the reason why ryan uh, never turns his zoom video on when he's on the podcast is because he used to do it occasionally and there was it, it was like really dark in that room and there were blinds going across the back it was like the most nondescript torture dungeon looking place that ever existed. It was like, how many, how many people do you have tied up in that room, Ryan? It's looking a little, looking a little. And and it is many. It is all the, at least this year, like right now, Callahan has uh, several 2026 recruits tied up down there. And in 2027, 
2028. You want to know? How, you want to know why they commit three classes? Yeah, you yes, want. Yeah, I, you want to know why they commit to Tennessee? It's because Ryan's got him tied up in his torture dungeon, and he's he's just basically being like, so um, you know, puts the lotion on its skin, and it goes to Tennessee again. You know, my 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 two point reaction to that is that's typical Callahan is to have it look like that, and then also we are grateful when he doesn't turn his video on. So we don't have to see his stupid face. That's perfect. That is that, that, perfect. That's accurate because I wish Wes would turn his video off <laughs> for that reason. Especially when he has profanity on his shirt. That's how I, that's how I feel about Tottenham Hotspur. I'm not, I'm not hiding it. Hank's going to know it too. He's going to hear it quite a bit, so he might as well get used to it. Uh, but Poor Hank. There, there's asterisks on it. You can't really tell. Guys, this is a big, big week for Tennessee. Uh, we knew going into the season that if Tennessee won its first three games – that Florida coming to town would be an enormous deal. It is College Game Day. We'll be broadcast live from Tennessee's campus on Saturday morning. Uh, there will be a lot of attention on this game. It is one of the, uh, again, sort of in what some people would call it, its rightful place, one of the most important September games uh, around, especially on that weekend. I mean, it's not like two top five teams, but both of these teams are ranked 11th ranked Tennessee 20th ranked Florida, although Florida might be getting ranked on recognition or name brand more than actual performance to this point. Uh, nonetheless, uh, that's that's where it is. Not like Tennessee's perfect by any stretch, but, but Florida, uh, as we'll talk about throughout the week, ha- has not uh, – Billy Napier's got some work to do to, to rebuild there. But we're, we're not going to get into specific matchups with this game. I think in this podcast we're going to have three or four episodes this week. We'll have plenty more time – to do that, I think. But everyone knows that if you make Anthony Richardson throw the football, don't let him run the ball, Florida's going to have a hard time scoring. So that, that that's Tennessee's plan. We're going to talk about it throughout the week. But in terms of where Tennessee is now, guys, where Tennessee is after the 63-6 win over Akron, uh, looking at it sort of, I guess, maybe holistically from the first three, re- three weeks, if I can say that right, where how do you all feel about just where Tennessee is right now and, and then in a minute we'll talk about how big of a week it's going to be uh I think Tennessee is where you would want to be uh, obviously you want to be three and oh I don't I don't know that Tennessee's played its best football to this point um I, I think I think they would be the first to admit that um I, I don't know I, I've always said this or I, I've said this a lot recently I feel like this offense sometimes if they're not just dazzling with big plays all the time and um, then, then they've created this expectation where if they're not doing that, then they say, what's wrong with the offense? They scored 59, 34, and, and 63 points in, in three games. So um, they maybe haven't looked as fluid as, as sometimes they did last season. They haven't, you know, put a 28 nothing quarter on anybody yet uh, to come out, you know, coming out of the gates. Defensively, I think they've played probably better than maybe expected, but in two of the games, I mean, they're, they're playing such overmatched uh, opposition that it, it's hard to really get too much of a uh, of an indication. So uh, being 3-0 and, and not having played your best football is probably a good place to be, but uh, I think everybody over there knows that, all right, this week you got to step it up because some of the stuff that you've been, some of the stuff you've done in a couple of these games, you're not going to be able to do and get away with when it uh, when you get into Florida and LSU and so on. I think Tennessee's in a, in a great spot. Uh, now, I'll, I'll be honest, sitting here on a Monday and we don't know whether Cedric Tillman is going to be available or not, that 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 makes me feel less good. I, I was really high on the team. I am really high on the team. I mean, the, I think they do have a legitimate possibility to go out and, and win nine or ten games. Uh, it's possible. Not saying that they will, but I think it's certainly possible. Eight and nine, probably more realistic. But you could make the case that Tennessee could run the table outside of Alabama or Georgia. Um, will that happen? Probably not likely. Probably will drop one game, uh, whether it be Florida, LSU, Kentucky. Those are kind of the three that come to mind. Um, but the the Tillman situation that we, we don't know a whole lot about at the moment, that, that makes me feel less confident going into this game. I, I, still, I still think, and Wes, you can correct me if, if – I'm out of bounds with this thought process, but I still feel like even without Cedric Tillman, Tennessee is more than capable of going and, and beating Florida. 100%. I still think 100%. Yes. Without, without Cedric Tillman, there's still a better team than Florida from top to bottom. Um, you'll, you'll just need Brew McCoy to live up to the folktale that he is. You'll need Jalen Hyatt to continue to have the great start to the season that he is currently having. 
Uh, and then you're going to need a third guy to step up, whether that be a veteran in Ramel Keaton or whether it be a, a freshman in Squirrel White. And, and and then you have the sophomore, junior, Jimmy Holiday and Walker Merrill. Can one of those guys step up? They've looked good against lower competition and Ball State and Akron, but can they step up against Florida? So I, I, I do feel good about Tennessee, generally speaking, Wes, but the, the Cedric Tillman – I guess it's more of a, if, if I'm a Tennessee fan, it just kind of bums me out more so than anything. If Cedric is not able to go against Florida, it, it would bum me out just because that Florida secondary is not very good. And you sure would love one of the best receivers in the country to be available in the, in that matchup. But I, I think the bigger conversation is that the program as a whole, not just looking at this individual game, but the program as a whole is as in good of a spot as it could be 16, 17 games into Josh Heifel's tenure as it could be. I, I think that's the bigger conversation for us folks on the outside looking in this week. Yeah, I think I'll flip it around a little bit, and, and we'll, we'll discuss that that part more in the second segment. But I think because you mentioned Tillman, we should go ahead and do that. I, I think we are not probably going to know anything until about we'll get an idea around, what, 2, 2.15 on Saturday, I'm guessing, unless unless because College Game Day's in town, that the, they find a way with all the reporters in town and all their people, all their boots on the ground, they, they might have a chance to figure it out before before we do. But uh, in terms of, of what what would normally happen, uh, Josh Heupel, as I've joked about for the couple of days, and he joked back on Monday, he, he doesn't say much uh, about those injuries. And, and there's no injury protocol uh, for college football, for SEC football, it's not the NFL where you got to put that stuff down. He, they don't have to do that in college, and so they they don't. And and so that that's why, if you're a competitor and you you care about competitive balance, um, you're you're not gonna you're not gonna give that information away. Now Vegas is gonna know it. I'll tell you that much right now. Vegas is gonna know it because Vegas knows everything. Um, but but they will, because uh, I don't know about y'all, but but. The past few years, especially, like people from Vegas start sending me like text message and DMs and, and stuff all the time. I don't know where they're getting my number, but they they call asking for information, and I'm like, no, I don't I don't do that. But but they they, they turn over every rock trying to get it. So Vegas is going to probably get it, um, and and you watch the line move, and you'll have an idea. But in terms of what Tillman's absence would do to Tennessee, here is I think the big concern. Obviously not having his playmaking ability out there is number one. But number two is the role he plays in the offense. I don't know if they call his possession uh, his position X or not, um, but it seems like he's got that role of what a lot of offenses would call the X position, which means that he is sort of the go-to hot guy on just about everything. Like when you're looking for matchups, when, when you're going to, to quick kind of hitches and things, when you just got to move the sticks on third and four, you're calling things for that. So Brew McCoy plays on the other side, which is why he doesn't have as many targets because he's he's not the X. So the question is, would you then move McCoy over to a new position where it's only his fourth game in the offense and you're already putting him in that spot, or do you put someone like you know Walker Merrill or Ramel Keaton over there? And, well, and, White got some run there this past yeah, week and or, made a nice catch. And, 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 and talked about that yeah, today. And do kind of a, a, a mix and match deal. But but that to me is the problem because I think you probably want to keep McCoy where he is uh, because it's just, I mean, if, if he's still here next year, you know, may, maybe he moves over to that X position. But I, I think, or, or what I would call the X position. So I, I, I just think that's the probably the bigger question. It's not about, I mean, everyone knows they're going to miss, they would miss Tillman's playmaking ability. Um, but in terms of what the offense does to adjust, I think that's where it gets really interesting. Yeah, I, I think there's two sort of fallouts to Tillman if he plays, if he doesn't. Um, and, and you touched on one. What does Tennessee's lineup look like? How do they change some things? You know, we heard maybe a little bit going into the opener um, before they knew Brew was going to be eligible about maybe sliding Jalen Hyatt outside. Uh, and playing Jimmy Callaway in uh, in the slot now Callaway, uh, not suspended, as, some, not suspended as far as we know. I think if he gets suspended, it, it would have to be Tennessee doing it, but or the SEC at, doing it because I don't know if Tennessee will. Right. The explanation I was given today is that there's not like a rule that says he's automatically suspended or whatever for half or for the next game for throwing four or five punches. Um, now the SEC could come in and suspend him. Uh, we saw the SEC do that with Jawan Jennings a few years ago when they suspended him for 
uh, first half of that, that bowl game against Indiana, which I thought was total crap, by it the was, way. It was crap. Um, <laughs> but, you know, typical SEC, I guess. Um, you know, but, you know, how, how does that shift the lineup? And, and I think it changes also, if you're Florida, I think it changes how you, you play Tennessee. Because if Tillman's out there, I'd be tempted to say, I'm, I'm sticking two safeties back. You're not going to big play me to death. Uh, I'm going to make you run the ball and execute seven, eight, nine, ten plays in a row to get down the field and score on us. Uh, but if he's out. I'm I'm putting a seventh guy in the box, and I'm daring. I'm saying, all right, Jalen Hyatt, you've you've done a good start. Can you be a number one guy? You know, Brew McCoy, can you you put together more than you've done in a game so far this season? Uh, that that's the big sort of how the equation changes if Tillman's out. Uh, which, like you said, Wes, I, I don't think we'll know until hour hour and a half for kickoff, unless. Uh, unless he tells, uh, unless somebody tells somebody at, at college game day, or I, I guarantee, I guarantee you, Pete Thamel will have it because he'll be in town for game day. <laughs> yeah, or you know, he might tell whoever the CBS sideline reporter is for the game when he walks in. Yep. Uh, that's happened in the past too for for these games. But yeah, I, I think that that to me would be the question: is is do you do you move Tillman? Or, I mean, do you move Hyde out? Would you move Hyde outside and, and then move? You know, play Merrill and 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 Callaway and and Squirrel and those guys inside. Would you play Squirrel some outside? Would you start Keaton because the, the, you know what you're going to get be, out of him? I mean, I, there's a lot of there's a lot of ways you could play that. The question I would keep high in the slot just because I would want him dealing with press coverage because I think that's he can exploit matchups better when he's not on the line. That's probably that's right. my two cents, but I'm not a coach. I think I think we'll see Keaton if if Tillman cannot play just because when. Uh, the outside receivers, Tillman or or McCoy, have come out this season. Uh, and and when Tillman got hurt on Saturday, it's been Keaton that went into the game. So I, I think Keaton will get the first crack at it, and depending on how he plays, will determine whether he keeps playing. I mean, yeah. I, I really think it's that simple. I I am fascinated to see if they if they try to give Squirrel White some run there. Uh, he, he's a dynamic athlete who is capable of making a game changing play. Uh, in, in this football game, that could be the difference in Tennessee winning or not. And Hendon Hooker lit up speaking about Squirrel White today when, when Hendon met with the media, and he he talked Squirrel up and uh, noted that it was good to get him out on the perimeter, just because he can do more than just be a slot guy. So we know how coaches operate; they're going to go with the veterans and the guy that they trust the most. And, and Keaton, Keaton Keaton's the best run blocking wide receiver they have, I think, which could help the run game. Yeah. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Um, but in terms of helping the passing game, I, I do wonder if they'll give Squirrel White an early opportunity, and then depending what he does with with that opportunity, can he stay in the game? And, and then, I mean, I, I think Jimmy Holiday and, and Walker Merrill. I, I don't think it'd be too stunning to see those guys thrown out there as well. Those are guys that can play inside, outside. I Patrick makes a great point about Hyatt. Hyatt has added weight and has gotten stronger, but. He's in a nice groove. Let him stay in that groove. Don't. I, I just wouldn't really mess with that a ton. And and again, Florida's secondary is it's not that good. Now, at least by Florida standards. I mean, Florida's in the conversation for DBU, and this Florida secondary puts the Florida DBU talk to to bed. And it's kind of shameful and on the past DBs that that have gone through Florida. I mean, Jalen Kimber, the the Georgia transfer, had a nice pick six. Uh, this past weekend against USF, uh, I believe, and and opposite of him, they've got some five stars, Jalen or Jason Marshall. So you know they have talent. They just haven't necessarily pieced it together, and and their safeties are just kind of okay. Trey Deans, who is a former Tennessee commit, I mean he he's played a ton of football, kind of like football. a Jalen McCullough and a Trayvon Flowers. He's played a ton of football, but he's not really a game changing safety that we're used to to having or we're used to seeing back there for Florida. So I do think that that helps, um, that Tennessee, if Tillman can't go, at least they're not going up against an elite secondary. There should be a little wiggle room to operate it. And here's the other thing. Even if Tillman is able to go, how healthy is he going to be? He's not going to be 100%. Uh, is he 60% or 80%? That, that's a big question as well. And with the bye week coming right after it, yes, this is Tennessee, Florida. Yes, this is one of those four or five circle, circle it before the season because this is what the season comes down to kind of games. But you then have a bye week before you go to LSU and then you, you, you play football for a long time. So if you're playing – 
the the big picture with Tillman, that might make it a tough decision because you'll have a senior who's he knows he has an NFL future, but he's probably chomping at the bit, wants to beat Florida. He's tired of losing to Florida. He's going to do everything he can probably to play. And, and you might have to sit that young man down and be like, listen, this is the better play for the long run. We can't have you make this worse right now. There's a bye week next week. And then he'll probably come back and say, but there is a bye week next week. So if I heard it, I got two weeks before another game. So let's give it a go. So I, I don't know. We'll see. It's it's a, it's a long uh, week uh, of decisions on that front. And then if Tillman can't play, I imagine Florida does go sort of two, two high safeties and then tries to make somebody else uh, beat them because they're, they're going to hope that if they sit back with eight guys, uh, one of those guys rushing the passer is still Brenton Cox, and maybe he's going to get back there and, and make life hell for Hooker. I mean, that's that we've seen one Florida edge rusher take over this kind of game in the past, so weird things have happened. Um, but lots to discuss. I think, oh, go ahead, I, think, I think you switched up what I said. I said if Tillman doesn't play, I would be even more aggressive and say, Tennessee, you're not going to run the ball on me. Isn't that what I said, or did I say the opposite? You said the opposite. You said if he doesn't play, to sit back and, and play coverage. Oh no, because I, I still, I, I still wonder if that's not the best way to handle this Tennessee offense is to see. It's definitely it, not it, how Akron played, where they were giving up, you know, six plays over forty yards. Yeah, they, yeah, because um, Ball State went with the whole. Um, went with the whole we're going to make you have 10 play touchdown drives most of the night. Now now occasionally, you know, Joe Milton's going to throw a thunderbolt and you can't do anything about it cuz he's going to throw it over your secondary, but right. Generally speaking, they did that whereas uh, Akron was more like we're coming at you and we're going to hit you at the knees a lot and uh <laughs> we're we're going to we're we're going to, you know, if you hit big we're plays, talk you trash, hit big plays even though we're down 50 <laughs> we're down down 57 points, we're going to talk trash and try to get the fight after the game. Yeah. Uh and, shockingly you know, but, feisty. But Tillman, um, from what I, from what I've heard, it's an, it's not a knee; it's an ankle. Those always can be tricky. Um, and because it was really kind of chatter. It, it was his ankle at first, wasn't it? It was his ankle on the on the when he got rolled up on the touchdown, and then it looked like his knee when right. he got back up later. So I guess it might be the ankle that's it, the, it, the, the the early the early chatter is that it's not like a season-ending deal, but it's it's not like insignificant. And you know, I mean, I mean, mobility's not. And y'all, can, y'all feel free to correct me if I'm wrong. No, no, I think that's probably fair. You've probably heard it more specifically than I have. I heard that it's going to be a. Ben, I've heard that it's going to be not. You know, at this point, someone's like, if you ask me right now, I'd say coin flip, and I and, and I was like, okay, well, that's a generic answer. And the person was like, no, but that's really what I think it is right now. We'll see later ben, in the week. Ben gave me a thumbs up. That's all I need. I don't need to hear anything from a man wearing a profanity on a shirt. <laughs> it's not profanity. It's asterisks. Just like Aaron Judge's home run record should be, because they're hanging one-two sliders right over the plate to him. Uh, the one-two, one-two slider to Judge. Yeah, let's just throw an eighty-seven mile an hour cement mixer that he can hit. Has Aaron Judge feet. hit more home runs the entire Cubs team it, this season? Probably so. It's probably really, really close. If I had to sadly look up the numbers, but we have a lot more to discuss. Um, we'll have we'll have podcasts in the future, maybe during the bye week, where we can talk about the legitimacy of uh, any home run record that, that Aaron Judge hits has. But uh, right now. Uh, we're going to keep it on Tennessee, Florida, and we're going to take a quick break and come back and talk more about it. But before we do that, let's go pay some bills, listen to product services, in-house ads, et cetera, and then we'll be right back here on the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. Hashtag ad. Money! Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. 
I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. Welcome back to the Go Vols 24-7 podcast brought to you by whatever products, services, and in-house ads you just heard a moment ago during that commercial break. West Rucker coming to you from Fort Rucker Studio here on a on a beautiful, beautiful, warm uh, mid-September afternoon here in Knoxville, Tennessee. Got Ben McKee down there at his uh, place we still haven't named. Got uh, Patrick Brown over at his place that he'll never name because it's undisclosed, and that's how Pat lives his life. We are talking Tennessee, Florida. The 11th-ranked Vols host the 20th-ranked Gators on Saturday, 3.30-ish p.m. Eastern on CBS, which is, of course, the greatest network that ever has existed or ever will exist. Uh, and I have a little shot caller that uh, up there in New York. If I don't say that, they probably just go ahead and, and buzz it. So let's just go ahead and say, hey, the best network that's ever existed with commercial breaks that are never, never long and, and make people mad. It's just it's just good stuff. Just good old, clean, fashion, family fun. Guys, we got a lot more to discuss about it, but before we do that, uh, we need to uh, have a quick uh, request, let's call it from our end. If you could take about a minute out of your day right now, maybe 60, 75, 90 seconds out of your day, go in there and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. That would help us out tremendously. If you're just listening on the website, uh, nothing wrong with that. We love you. Uh, Like Ron Swanson with alcohol, there's no wrong way to consume the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. But uh, we do this for free, and and we're happy to do it. And I don't think it's too much to ask since we do that, that you go ahead and whether you're on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, iHeart, TuneIn, Stitcher, anywhere in the world, you can cast the fine pod. You can find this GoVols 24-7 podcast, and we do it for free, and we're happy to do it. Very, very, very few complaints from our end. Maybe some from Pat sometimes when he's feeling a little cranky like he was at times on Saturday. But, but usually, usually very, very few complaints from our end. Uh, but uh, since, since we're doing all that, please go rate, review, subscribe. Please go tell your friends, tell people you play golf with, uh, people you go to church with, uh, you meet up with people at the synagogue, you see people at the grocery store, you got a book club, wherever you are, even if you don't have friends, you see someone around you wearing orange, tell them, hey, I wish you were my friend because I don't have friends, but maybe you'll be my friend because I'm going to tell you about the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. Please go do that. If you're already doing all that stuff, thank you. We love you. If not... I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. Fellas, back to the football. Well, we've, we've run the gamut here of, of Wes having secret conversations with Vegas and now a synagogue reference. So we, we've run the whole gamut. Well, I, 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 Stick I, to sports, Wes. I didn't, I didn't want to say church and, and, and leave out others, whether you're going to a you know, synagogue, a mosque, wherever it is you go, uh, you, you congregate with people. Some of them Religious are thread be deleted. Things. Religious thread deleted. How, how, is that, how is that religious? Quit telling people how to feel, Wes. <sighs> This is this is my life, and I have chosen to live it, and uh, I don't know why sometimes. Guys, this week, in terms of just how big it is, obviously, if you're a player, you want to try to treat it as normally as you possibly can, but we have to be honest here. I don't think that's 100% possible. Maybe for someone like Hendon Hooker, who's 34 years old, maybe he can do it, um, but this is a big, big week. You got college game day in town. You got Florida in town. You're trying to reverse a lot of streaks. I'm sure Peyton Manning will be in town, so they're going to have to try to reverse that streak. Uh, you know, they got a lot of a lot of ghosts creeping up on them this week. This is a big, big week, and and not just a game where it's a toss up. They're a, a multiple score favorite over Florida, so they are expected to go out there and win this game, which I would say probably adds even more pressure to it. Um, but in terms of, of the players, before we get to that, just talk about the buzz that you think we're going to feel all week in this town. Cause I think you go anywhere in town right now, you can kind of feel it. Yeah. I, it's it, for me, I, I've sort of changed my viewpoint on, on such things over the years. And, and it's coach speak to say that like, uh, what was one of Butch Jones's many lines that like every week was uh, is like a one game season or some yeah. crap like that. Want to know every it's week? Really, Want to know every week? It's really true though. I mean, like what you do one week, if you come out and hang sixty three on Akron, it doesn't mean you're gonna go blow Florida out, right? I mean, 
what you have just because you played kind of bad at Pittsburgh doesn't mean the next time you play a, a really a decent team you're going to struggle. So you know every game has sort of its own life. What was the Mike DeBoer quote? Has its own has flavor. Its own, own flavor has its own flavor. I mean it's it's true because um, you know one week Texas A&M looks like crap and loses to Appalachian State. Next week, Texas A&M's beat Miami, and Appalachian State's need a Hail Mary to beat Troy. Which so, no one, no one on our staff predicted except yours truly, right here on uh, on. So A&M. I mean that that's just the sport is so ups and down. Unless you're Georgia or Alabama, where you know you're going to blow whoever you're playing out that week. Um, I guess you can throw Ohio State in there, but Ohio State didn't they struggle with somebody early in the season? Oh, Notre Dame, who who was obviously terrible. So um, yeah, and, and and so but. Uh, I, I hate to put this on Josh Heupel and the staff, but this feels like a pivotal moment in like the long-term tenure, just because we've seen this movie before at Tennessee with their Dooley in 2012. Game day was here. It was a ranked game. Tennessee was at home. Tennessee was probably favored in that game. Um, and, and, you know, they had that game there for the taking and then kind of just threw it away. There was the 2016 game too, where game day was here. They checkerboarded the stadium, right? Wore the, uh, wore sounds the, right. More the gray jerseys, all that stuff. Uh, they won that game. They didn't win. It proved to be sort of a false dawn. You know, they won it because of Derek Barnett and Josh Dobbs, and really not much else. Those those two guys just willed them to that win. It's twenty one three at halftime, right? So, yep. um, it, it feels like a moment where uh, everybody is starting to buy into Josh Heupel and this fan base. Uh, and you saw that with them selling out a game against a team that's won four games in three years, three plus years. Um, and, and this is like the validation. This is the validating game, right? They they go out and win this game. Everybody's probably all in at this point on, on the staff. They're on this team. You have two weeks to let yourself wonder about LSU and beyond all that stuff. So uh, it, it's definitely it feels like a uh, crossroad. Point. I don't. I don't really know the, the best term to say it. But In, inflection point. Flashpoint. Like it. it, it this is sort of the fork in the road where, if they win this game by twenty eight points, it goes a certain way. If they win it by two, if they get, you know, if they were to lose by multiple scores, if they lose a heartbreaker, which uh, it just feels like that to me. Even though I'm not the kind of person that views these games like this, because one week teams can play great and the next week they can look like crap and things like that. I, I, I think that's the question this week outside of the individual matchups that we will discuss later on in the week. But, but the question this week is how will Tennessee handle all the peripheral stuff? How, how will they handle all of the chatter? Uh, not that they're going to be as excited for college game day as the fans will be, but I, I'm sure there's going to be an extra TV meeting or yeah. two meeting yeah. with a, a Kirk Herbstreet or uh, a Desmond Howard who might remember Tennessee's running back's name this time that he's in town. Also, like, might, they, might not might not have Pitt in his playoff anymore either. Yeah, probably will replace Pitt and A and M and Michigan with Tennessee in in the playoffs. But he's going to have ex- players are going to have extra things to do because game day is in town. It, it may not be a lot, but I'm, I'm sure there'll be an extra thing or two. Uh, and, and then Checker kneeling, and it's sold out. Uh, everybody on campus is talking about it all week long. Your family and your friends are talking to you about it. Your family and friends are hitting you up, asking you for tickets. Then there's kind of some injury conversations going on. I mean, this week is there are there's a lot of distractions this week that Tennessee could succumb to do i think that they will no i do not because i i trust the leadership of of guys like hendon hooker and, and josh heifel uh and, and even cedric tillman whether he can play or not and some of the defensive guys the jalen mccullough the, a trayvon flowers I, I trust the the leadership on this team to not get caught up in everything that is going on jacob warren princeton fan jerome carbon but that is the question this week is how will Tennessee handle all of this attention? Because it hasn't gotten this attention. These players have not gotten this type of attention. The entire college football world is looking down at Tennessee and saying, okay, Josh Heifel and Josh Heifel's program, Hendon Hooker, what are you really about? You haven't really done 
anything of significance just yet. They, they've done what they're supposed to do since last year's Florida game uh, and, and finishing out last year strong, being competitive in a bowl game that they weren't predicted to make. Uh, and then this year they, they go and beat a good Pittsburgh team. But I, I feel like they have a, a chance to really make a statement. And they'll have to go do more as this program continues to climb. But I feel like this weekend is a, a, a real opportunity to make a statement that, hey, Josh Eiffel's program is is legit. We'll, we'll see if he can get to Atlanta and, and things like that. But in the meantime, Josh Eiffel's legit. I, I think it's a, a great opportunity. There's going to be so many recruits in town. Even here on Monday, I mean, it's it's been one recruit after the next on my timeline saying, hey, going to be in Knoxville this weekend. And it's it's not little old two stars from 20 minutes outside of Knoxville in a random high school. I mean, five stars and four stars coming in over the next three classes. So it's a great week for an opportunity uh, for this program, I think. And uh, the question to me is how will they handle all of that? And, and I don't really buy into the whole, well, Florida's had Tennessee's number conversation like Patrick was talking about I think it's easy for us the media to discuss and for the fans to discuss but it doesn't impact Hendon Hooker Hendon Hooker's been part of this rivalry for two years same with Tillman who grew up on the on the west coast like they, they have no awareness of Florida having Tennessee's number you, guys you like Jacob you, Warren you don't do. think they're going to hear it in class during the week you don't think they're going to hear it on social media I don't th- you don't think yeah the, the bigger concern is they hear it. I don't think they'll care Okay. That's my thing. Okay. I don't think they'll care. And I think Josh Heupel summed it up perfectly uh, in his press conference on Monday. Yesterday, last week, and last year have no nothing to do with what's going to happen on Saturday. The, the last 15, 20 years isn't going to impact the outcome of Saturday's game. What happened in last year's game is not going to have an impact on what happens this Saturday. What, what happens today on Wednesday and Friday has absolutely nothing to do with the impact of the game on Saturday. I, I buy into that. And to wrap it up, Wes, I mean, I, I've always looked at it like the, the conversation with Kentucky and Vanderbilt could be frustrating for me at times because people look at the logo on the side of the helmet and just automatically assume that it's a, a win for Tennessee. And rightfully so. Tennessee's beating down those teams. But and I'm more so speaking about Kentucky, like Kentucky has a legitimate football program at the moment. They're a really good team. And, and some people just assume that Tennessee is going to beat Kentucky this year because of the logo on the side of the helmet. And, and to me, that is silly because what Tennessee has done historically has no bearing on what's going to happen this year. And, and so I, I think the players will certainly hear it and they'll need to do a good job of tuning out the Florida has Tennessee's numbers noise. But for the most part, I don't think that these players who didn't grow up in the rivalry care. And Jacob Warren, a guy who did grow up in the rivalry, he said today that you you don't go into a game even thinking about that as a competitor. You you don't look at it as, oh, here's Florida again and Georgia and Bama. You go in expecting to to win wholeheartedly. I'll say this, though. I think it's it's all well and good to say the things Heupel said and Warren said because it would be bad if they weren't saying those things. But you're talking about not like a tiny sliver of history here. You're talking about a quarter century or more of just mostly one-way traffic in this thing. And I think the the year that Tennessee goes into a game with Florida and doesn't do the absolute dumbass things that it does against Florida and doesn't do against anybody else, when that stops happening, I'll completely believe that. But it's – I don't – I don't know if you call it a curse or a hex. I don't really believe in those things, but I do believe that Tennessee does dumb things against Florida that it doesn't do the rest yes, of the season. but you know why? You know why? Tennessee's played bad football the last decade. <laughs> it hasn't been like they're unlucky against Florida. But They've had the, bad football teams. But Florida yeah, hasn't been great. Yeah, the thing about this series that, that's got to be extra frustrating is that you can get losing 15 or whatever it is to Alabama because Alabama's been elite. They've been the best program in college football for that long. You get the Georgia tie that that series turning because Georgia is now New Alabama. I mean, they're just blowing everybody out. Um, this one you don't get. I mean, Florida's only had one fewer coach than dysfunctional. Everything's a mess. Tennessee over the span of, of the seventeen years that this has been a one-sided rivalry. Um, and and uh, I would like to point out Ben that Vanderbilt's three and one. So don't don't hate on the Commodores too much. Um, nah, not the most impressive but, three and one. But um, no, this like. Where, where I think the history of this series can play an impact on Saturday is in the is in the crowd because this 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 these fans are going to be jazzed up. It's going to be a hornet's nest. 
a cauldron of noise, whatever you want to call it. It's going to be so amped up, but you know, I don't know. At some point there's going to be something that happens, whether Florida goes up seven, nothing or Florida goes on a drive and takes the lead in the second half at some point. And it's just going to be nervous. Anxiety is going to overtake that stadium unless Tennessee just comes out and goes 35, nothing out the gate or whatever. Uh, and, and that's where that history can come in. And that can, that can translate. That can sort of filter down to the team if, if, if the stadium starts getting nervous and like, oh, we've seen this before. You know, we're, we should be the better team. We should be winning this game, yada, yada, yada. And then something happens and you're like, here we go again. When that, that energy can, can absolutely impact the game. And that's from the history because Tennessee fans – and I've, you know, I've seen it on our board. I've seen it in some other places talking to some people. They're like, I'm not getting my hopes up because we know how this story ends. <laughs> you know, there, there's, you know, Florida has played a lot of mediocre football over the, I mean, it's not like they've won a bunch of SEC titles lately. Uh, and the only times they went to Atlanta was because Tennessee underachieved under Butch Jones. So, uh, well, they had a good team with Kyle Trask and those guys. I should point that out. They Sorry, Dan Mullen, wherever you are working for ESPN and whatnot. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, yeah, of course, they lost Alabama and they got blown out by Oklahoma. So th- that that's where I think the history – I don't know if it will affect the players very much during the week. I, I do think if, if something goes south early or something happens and the game swings, you know, Florida blocks a punt or something, or Florida, you know, the ghost of Brandon James returns a punt, whatever, uh, something could happen to where the stadium goes from amped up, excited, hates Florida, let's kill, you know, let's kill these guys, whatever let, – you know, and it flips and it's like, oh, here we go again. We're, we're going to throw this game away like we have however many times over the past two decades. So uh, I do think that's where the history but uh, could play in this game. But I, I think it's important to, to borrow a line from Ben. I think Tennessee has to play the team, not the opponent, not the logo on a helmet in this game. Because you play the team, I think Florida is very beatable. But the, the counterpoint to that is, if you know, Tennessee has had a lot of Florida beatable Florida teams that it's not beat over the years. Uh, so they had to get past that, and they had to go out and actually win this game, which is something that's been really difficult for this program to do. Yeah, and and you know even last year, you know that that game, you know if Callaway catches that ball, you, you don't really know what kind of game it's it's going to be. So it, it, it's it, it's that kind of stuff. You're you're going to have to make plays in big moments in in this game, and I it, it is going to be good for Tennessee to have those seniors, some of those guys who have been there and done that. We'll talk about that later in the week, but just in terms of the the vibe itself, I I, I think they are. I would like to see them treat this week like a normal week. I do believe Hendon Hooker will do that. Um, I, I do believe someone like a Princeton fan will do that. I think someone like a Jerome Carvin will probably do that. Um, but but they're gonna have to they're gonna have to be mature. But if you want to talk about some some uh, some bizarro world maturity that we're seeing these days, uh, Jeremy Banks was the one who calmed down Jimmy Callaway after he tried to punch uh, the entire Akron football team. Uh, that was that was like a wait what just happened moment. So maybe the stars are aligning and the maturity is coming from different places and and maybe this bunch can do that. Maybe that's a sign. I don't know. I would not have expected Jeremy Banks to be the uh, the calm calm it down moment. Jeremy Banks would be the guy like all right let's go let's rub him up kind of dude. Didn't happen. So I you know maybe maybe this maybe this can be a mature football team. Maybe it can be guys. Yeah, and you all are both spot on in terms of talking about the the history of this rivalry game. I mean, Florida has had Tennessee's number. We've seen Tennessee teams that are better on paper that just do dumb stuff throughout the game that prevents them from winning when they should have won. That That is all spot on. My point is that these players just don't care about what's happened in the past. They don't. They're, they're not from here. They, they don't care about the Tennessee-Florida rivalry the, the way that the fans do, uh, and, and they're not as – aware of it as we the media are aware of it so they're they're not going to be having these conversations that the fans are having about how Florida has their numbers these dudes grew up in the Virginias and Georgia Alabama Mississippi Louisiana the 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 west coast like they they don't care about the history of Tennessee Florida so I and that's a good thing in my opinion because obviously if you had a, a bunch of people familiar with how this has gone then I I do think that's when the mental hurdle of beating Florida, that's when I think that conversation comes into place. But Hendon Hooker does not care about what has happened the last 15, 20 years 
in this robbery game. And, and I, I think that's a trickle-down effect. Now, you do have some players who are very familiar with it. Jacob Warren, whose dad played for the Vols and grew up in, in the Knoxville area. Jerome Carvin, a Tennessean. Jeremy Banks. We could we could list off a bunch of Tennesseans, but I think it's a good thing that you see a bunch of Georgia boys on the defensive side of the ball. So that that is a a fair conversation to have this week. I think it's uh, falls into as important of a conversation as can Tennessee not get distracted by everything going on in Knoxville. And I, I think if they handle all that well, which Josh Heupel's program hasn't given us any reason to doubt that they will get distracted leading up to the game. Uh, it, it's it's never been an effort issue with Josh Heupel's team when they don't play well or not locked in or, or something like that. It's, it's, it's usually it's just simple di- execution. Discipline, yeah, discipline. Too many right. penalties, it, it's, too many. You know. yeah, right, it, it's execution, not overlooking somebody or you know missed assignments or things like that. It's, it's just simple execution. So I, I think the good news is that I expect going into the game that Tennessee is going to be able to handle – all of the, the the outside noise perfectly fine. And, and I think it's a testament, Patrick, to, to what Josh Heupel has built in, in these first 16 games of, of his Tennessee tenure. Yeah, I think if you're the players, you're not worried about the history of this game. You're focused on this game Saturday. And you, you're you thinking you're going to go out there and kick four's ass. Oh, I'm sorry. I shouldn't shouldn't say that word on, after calling out Wes's profane shirt. No, that, 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 that word's a lot. That word's a lot. We don't, we don't do F words or – or or, oh, G- you or GDs, but but we but we well, we bleep them, but but you know the the a word the a word occasionally it happens. Yeah, and, and honestly, and something that did come up on Monday was last season's Florida game and the value that had for this team last season because uh, they were able to the, the staff was able to go back and and show the team like okay this is how these are the mistakes we made. This was the difference in the game. This is this is the difference in it being 38-14 and then, you know, Tennessee maybe getting that game in the fourth quarter. I mean, it was a close game at halftime, and then, then Florida came out and went down the field and scored, I think. Then they had – there was the Jimmy Callaway play where possibly he's a touchdown if he catches it. Oh, it's, it, a, it's, at least a, it's that, He's walking in. For at sure. least that drive is, is, is going on, and it's that it's, it's touchdown the other way. So, um that, you know, I, I think there's probably for a lot of these players who were involved in that game last year, there's probably a little bit, and I don't even know if any of them remember last year. I mean, talking to Jacob Warren today uh, on Monday, he was like, I don't really even remember a lot of details from that game. So um, th- their focus is, is just on this week, what they've got to do. They got to stick to their routine. Um, something Heifel said, he wasn't like too thrilled about some of the preparation they had before the Pittsburgh game. I'm sure they'll want to have that ironed out this week because. Uh, once you get into these games, it's it's the margin of error that's different. You you can't make some of the mistakes um, that, that maybe Tennessee's able to get away with against a MAC team because uh, you know some of those little things can be the difference in in a touchdown and a field goal, a turnover and not a turnover, and, and those can loom large in in, the, in these games where you know for for the SEC between Alabama and Georgia and maybe Vanderbilt at the bottom. The margin of error is not great. Well, maybe we throw South Carolina down there too. Maybe, maybe Mizzou. Oh, Missouri too. Yeah, you can't lose forty. So you got you got two at the top. You got two or three at the bottom, and then you got a whole bunch. Yeah, for close. everybody else, it's it's you know, it gets back to the old the team that makes the fewest mistakes will win. And uh, in this series in particular, Tennessee has made enough mistakes to lose sixteen out of seventeen. So that is what this team needs to be focused on on reversing, and they should be confident. They're three and zero. They haven't played the best. Uh, they should be going out this week and, and thinking they're going to play their best and they're going to win this game. They should, and they're being, uh, at least by Vegas, predicted to win this game fairly comfortably. So uh, we will see. We're going to have uh, at least, I would say, probably three more podcasts this week, uh, certainly the one on uh, Thursday. Uh, then we'll we'll have the, the pregame podcast at least, and then we'll have one right after the game. And if anything crazy happens in between, we'll have one then too because it is Tennessee-Florida week, so get the hard hats on, get ready to work, get ready, stay ready. Boys, are we ready? I'm, I'm readier than Billy Napier is to come in the Neyland Stadium with Anthony Richardson for the first time. There you go. There, there, how about you, Pat? You ready? I'm ready for you to go put another shirt on. It's just, it's just, it's Do it for Hank, Wes. He Hank doesn't know words. Well, one of the first words he's going to learn is that one, and that's not going to be – your wife's going to kill you. That's probably true. That's probably true. Thanks for See, joining us today. You. You're welcome. Eh, she's already seen it today, I think. But thanks, guys. Thanks. Appreciate it. Thanks, Wesley. Bye, Wes.
There's that button. And now I can say thank you for listening to this edition of the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. Guys, thank you. Thank you for listening. We always say that, but we always mean it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. You can find all of us on social media. I'm Wes Rucker 24-7 on Twitter. Grant Ramey is Grant Ramey on Twitter. Patrick Brown is P. Brown 24-7 on Twitter. Ryan Callahan is Ryan Callahan 24-7 on Twitter. And Ben McKee is Ben McKee 14 on Twitter. You can also go uh, to twitter.com slash govals247 and facebook.com slash govals247 to get all of the stuff there or most of the stuff there. We got stuff on there that we update throughout the day, all day, every day. Tons of stuff on there. All good stuff. But if you want that best, most delicious, that sparkling, delicious, crystal clear East Tennessee Smoky Mountain Spring Water right from the tap. Go directly to GoBalls247.com, the best site on all of Al Gore's internets to get coverage of Tennessee football, football recruiting, basketball, basketball recruiting, Tennessee baseball coverage. We cover Tennessee baseball better than anybody out there. We got that for you. We got Lady Vols coverage with award-winning Maria Cornelius, who covers all things Lady Vols for us. You also get administration news. Basically, anytime anything happens over there at the University of Tennessee, we bring it to you at GoVols247.com. We also have two forums that run around the clock, the Checkerboard and the Summit, where you can go and discuss uh, anything you want that is not political or religious in nature, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and we will be there to discuss it with you. Just about one of us is up just about all the time, at least, so you can go in there and do that. And you can get all of that for less than the price of one mediocre lunch per month, and that's after a free trial, and that's always. A lot of times we have better deals than that, but at least we have the seven-day free trial, and then you can start paying us. And when you start paying us, again, which is less than the price of one mediocre lunch per month, if you do that, you get access in perpetuity to Paramount Plus, which is the streaming arm of CBS, Viacom, Paramount, all of it. Get all of it right there. And it's, I mean, you got stuff, brand new movies, exclusive movies, exclusive shows. You get stuff from the vaults of uh, Smithsonian, Nickelodeon, MTV, BET, Comedy Central, all of it. And obviously everything CBS has ever done commercial free. That's a $100 plus annual value that we'll put in your pocket for nothing. For nothing. So we're giving you several hundred dollars worth of stuff for less than 100 bucks a year. Guys, that is an unbelievable deal. So please, this is a great time. Go take advantage of of that now uh, if you haven't heard from us uh, from a couple days there's been a problem we should be back here uh in, in a couple days or so you'll hear from us very very shortly until then guys be good to each other be decent to each other please there's not nearly enough of that in our world anymore god we are so mean to each other have some basic human empathy allow people their dignity try to be kind be good to each other until then be good guys see you Should you ever set foot outside of the hotel, you will be shot. Don't miss the new Showtime limited series based on the international bestseller. For the last four years, I've been a prisoner. Why are they keeping you here? Starring Emmy Award winner Ewan McGregor. This is the brave new world that you dreamt of. Be very careful. You are still a prisoner here. Everything in this new world comes at cost. This is still my country. A Gentleman in Moscow, now streaming on Paramount Plus, only with the Paramount Plus with Showtime plan.